last November I was praying for the year, the theme of the year, and the Lord spoke to me clearly, it's in a year of prayer. So when I heard that, I thought to myself, you know, we pray every day. <laughs> what is special about prayer? That we pray every day and we know as pastors, we ask people to pray. We give them a list of things what they should pray for. And then a few years ago, actually, the Lord spoke to me. Prayer is not just uh, going to God with a list of things that we need. But if prayer is a fellowship. You know, prayer is just spending time with God, being in His presence. Then I was reminded one time, I was in South Korea and I was going home. And uh, normally when we travel back home, we asked our grandkids, we have five grandkids. And uh, so we have four kids. Uh, and then we ask them, what do you want from here? And they tell us what they needed and uh, we try to buy them. A couple of my grandkids wanted two helicopters for them. <laughs> so, so we found some toys though. So we bought them and uh, I wanted Bethany. I wanted Bethany. I said, Bethany, what do you want? And she said, Daddy, you know, I don't want anything. I said, no, tell me what you want, you know. We are buying to everybody. She said, Dad, I want you to come back home. To make the long story short, then she wrote us an email. I don't know how she thought of that. And uh, she wrote us an email saying, she said, Dad, I went to see the doctor. And doctor x-rayed my heart. And he said, he found you in my heart. And he said, if he removes you from my heart, he will, I will die. <laughs> so then the Lord really started speaking to me, what is in your heart? What is in your heart? What is dominating in your heart? And so I was challenged by that. Why do we go to God? Do we go to God just to get some things from God? Or do we go to God just to be with him? So it's an amazing uh, challenge for me that taught me so many lessons. Then realized this time when God was, I started thinking on that. And God took me a little further into that. It's not just asking things from him, but not only just being with him, but I realized that we go to prayer to get plan from God. Yeah. Prayer is planning. And then I got three like a words I felt that I, I know it is from the Lord. Prayer is planning. Prayer is putting the plan into action. Prayer is accomplishing whatever we put into action. So planning, action, accomplishment. Then as I started praying and thinking about it, the Lord brought two, um, two incidences that took place. Uh, in one in the life of Jesus and another one in the life of Peter. And they really blessed me. And that's what we are operating. That's what we are looking. That's what we are doing all this year. And I thought that it would help you guys. And I want to share this message with you. And uh, Matthew chapter 17, Mark 9, Luke 9, all these three gospels talks about this particular incident where Jesus went to pray to the mountain. It's very clear he went there to pray. And later on, we all named that mountain as a Mount of Transfiguration. So in prayer, we are being transfigured. The prayer changes. When he went there, it is only one time 
In all the Bible we read, when Jesus was praying, that Moses came down, Moses who was dead and gone long time ago, and Elijah, who was like a, who was like a raptured, came down to that mountain where Jesus went to pray. Jesus took all his disciples. He left most of them at the foot of the mountain and he took three, uh, John, John, Luke, and James. No? John, Peter, and James to the top of the mountain and he left them a little far and he went to pray. Then all these things happened. The presence of the Lord came down. Luke wrote clearly that there was a great planning was going on on that mount at that time. You know, it, it bothered me a little bit to think like, why talking in prayer? We talk with God in prayer. Why other people should be there? If the other people are talking in our prayer life, we think like it's a disturbance. What are you talking here? Why are you Moses here? Why are you Eliza? You are here. I came to spend time with my father. That should have been attitude of Jesus. But what happening there was Peter, the, the Moses and Eliza were talking with Jesus. And verse 30, chapter 9 of book of Luke. And behold, there talked with him two men who were Moses and Eliza. Verse 31, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. They were talking, you know, it's hard for me, it was difficult for me to see that prayer is a meeting. But it's a great meeting that ever took place in the history of the mankind with the people who are alive, who are people with the dead and gone, and then the presence of God there on that mountain it was so powerful to the point the face of Jesus was totally changed. That's why they used the word transfiguration. He was transfigured. He was looking different. Peter looked at him. John looked at him. James looked at him. He was, he was looking so different. He was bright, glorious. Because the glorious God came down with the man whom he gave the, the law. And the, the, the prophet who brought fire from heaven. And all of these guys sitting together and talking. That's what that made me to think like prayer is planning with God. So in prayer, friend, when we go to prayer, let's go with the open heart to receive a plan from God. And as a leader, I understand, you know, we do so many things. I make so many decisions. Many times I plan. And go to God, literally asking him, God, this is what I want to do. Could you stamp it on it? <laughs> you know, we go with our plans for God to approve it. But it's totally different going to God to get his plan. The greatest plan ever took place in the history of the mankind was on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus went to be with his father. And it's not, the plan was, Salvation is not through the law which Moses brought to us from God. Salvation is not through the prophets. Salvation is through the Lamb of God that came to take it away the sins of the whole world. 
That's why John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus walking in the streets of Jerusalem, he said, Behold the Lamb that came to take it away, the sins of the whole world. So prayer is planning. Then when you get the plan, you work with God. But when you have to put that plan into action, you have to work with the people. And, then, and you have to, when you accomplish it, you have to work with the devil. We don't work with him. We work against him. Yeah. Before the accomplishment, it's a battle. Think of Jesus. You know, he got the plan. He went to the people. He was healing people. I know he was preaching the kingdom of God. Then before he accomplished, he has to do the battle with the devil. It's on the cross the head of the devil was crushed. It was on the cross the devil was defeated. It was on the cross with the battle with the devil. Jesus was victorious. The devil thought death of Jesus was the end of his life. But the, but the history tells us, friends, death of Jesus is not the end of the, his life. That's only the beginning of his life. Yeah. It is the death that brought him back to life. And he's rose again. He's alive today. I like the ch your church name. Church alive. <laughs> you know, he's alive. We worship a God who is alive. We don't worship the God who is dead and gone. So planning, is not, getting plan from God is not enough unless you put into action. Putting into action is not enough unless you accomplish it. That's why Jesus on the cross finally, he said, it's finished. Amen. It's done. Yeah. The devil is defeated. The death is defeated. The devil's head is crushed. And then Bible says he gave up his ghost. So plan is to accomplish. And the second greatest plan is Peter when he went to pray. Acts chapter 10 talks us about that. And it says he went upon the house to pray. And when he was praying, and I, I was so blessed to see what happens when we go into the presence of our daddy to spend time with him and to get plans from him. Yeah. Number one, I see that, that the heaven was open. We read that in chapter 10 from verse 9. And the next day, as they went on their journey, and drew near unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. When he was praying, verse 11 says, the heaven was open. How many of you want to see when you go to your, the presence of the Lord? But a plan for your life. God has a plan for each one of our lives. God has a plan. And his plans are wonderful. His plans are eternal. His plans are amazing. His plans are the best plans. Amen. And it's always. And he has a plan. When you go to his presence to know his plan for your life, how many of you want to see the heaven open? Amen. Your presence with God opens the heavens, friends. Please don't ever underestimate your prayer time. Your prayer time is so important. Not only just for you, for the whole world. Because when God reveals something about your life, your, your plan, your personal plan, 
It also includes the plan for the whole world. Jesus' personal plan of dying on the cross brought salvation to the whole world. That's what we see here also. As Peter started praying, the heaven was open. Verse 11, heaven opens. Once verse 12, he sees the blanket coming down. So you not only see the heaven open, you see something happen. The blanket with four corners holding and it comes down. And the blanket, Bible says, there are animals and creeping things and the uh, flying beasts and all that. Four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and folds of the air. And verse 13, it says, he heard the voice. He says, kill them and eat. Arise, Peter, kill and eat. So in prayer, expect these things to happen. When it's not, just don't take prayer as a very casual thing. Prayer opens the heaven. Prayer shows you the visions. In prayer, you hear the voice of the Lord. And the voice he heard was, Peter, arise, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. <laughs> For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. This is an amazing thing. When God shows us some things, which we are not used to, many times, they are not familiar to us. They are much bigger than us. Maybe much harder than you could ever think. For Peter, he says, don't say that, Lord. <laughs> what are you talking about? He might have thought it was Jesus. Because he used the word Lord. I, I, I thought of just thinking that way. He may be thinking of talking to Jesus. Jesus showing these things and saying, Jesus, have you forgotten did you ever eat these things when you were on earth three and a half years or 33 and a half years? Being a Jewish man, you don't eat this. These are unclean things. So when God shows us some things, may not be the things we like. May not be the things we want. But the best way is to know what he wants, what he likes for each one of our lives. And it says three times. Then the, when he said no, it lifted up. But it came down. That really blessed me to think we are all human beings. How many times you felt like you failed God? I don't know about you, friends. Number of times I can remember those things. How many times we feel like we failed him? Maybe sometimes we lost him. But he's God of second opportunity. As Peter was still there, the blanket came down again. He saw it again. And he heard the voice again. Kill it and eat. Second time also he did the same thing. Third time he did the same thing. And the fourth time it came back. And then he realized that's an amazing God's plan. That plan, the rest of the chapter, speaks to us about a heathen man who was a Cornelius, who was a centurion, that he needed the gospel. So the first plan was for Jesus is the only way that the sins of the human beings will be cleansed. Only through his blood. The only way, the truth and the life. The second plan is that gospel is not just for the Jewish people alone, for all the Gentiles. Amen. And Peter actually went to Cornelius 
and he started preaching i shared this in the morning and i also want to share with you you may be sitting here my friend thinking like what is this all about jesus i want to share who jesus is from the message peter preached to the gentiles in that place and um, verse 34 of chapter 10 then peter opened his mouth and said of the truth i perceive that god is no respecter of persons doesn't matter who you are white brown black any color any nation any language god is not a respecter of person god is not like the people that live in this world god is the creator he created each one of us we are all created in his image we are all created for his glory we are all created by him for him that's why he loves us for god so loved the world so number 1 the gospel message peter preached to the gentiles and that day was god is not a respecter of people and number 2 verse 36 he says jesus christ is the lord of all Amen. you know many times we are hearing especially in these days uh, from many parts of the world from many um leaders of different religions even even from christian leaders saying that jesus is not the only way you know in you in canada i mean i'm sorry in germany we have been going to so many countries so in germany last year we have a pastor friend of us who is a lutheran church pastor lutheran church is a straight church in uh, in germany and uh, all the pastors are paid by the government basically they don't talk about jesus literally they talk politics in the church honestly seriously many pastors are not saved but there is one pastor in bremen who is saved guy he's a good friend of me he preached a message last year in the church saying that jesus is the only way to heaven that's all he said there are around 70 lutheran church pastors lutheran churches in the same city maybe 70 to 100 all of them took to the streets against that message all the pastors of the lutheran churches took procession in the streets saying that he is wrong and all the press came against him and they took him to the court and the court declared finally that he as a pastor of the church he has a right to say those words doesn't matter what the world thinks about it doesn't matter what the religious people think about it but friends the truth is there is no other way under heaven given there's no other name under heaven given except the name of jesus christ where the sins of the human beings can be cleansed there's no other way except the blood of the lamb that came to take it away the sins of the world it's only 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 jesus who said i am the way i am the truth and i am the life no man can enter into the kingdom of god but through me Amen. friends that's the gospel we cannot compromise the gospel peter 
was not afraid of the religious leaders in Jerusalem who called him later all the chapter 11 deals with all these apostles called Peter to Jerusalem asking him why did you go to gentiles why did you preach the message there how did the holy spirit came you read chapter 11 it's all they were they were coming against him he repeated the whole story again in chapter 11 jesus christ is the lord of all he is the only one that would save us from our sins and number 3 peter preached there is verse 38 god anointed jesus to do good jesus came to do good unto people he healed the sick people he casted out the evil spirits he preached the kingdom of god you read that in verse 38 in verse 39 peter said we are witnesses for that you know history means that has witnesses i mean that can be proven when you talk about history that should have a proofs and with jesus it's not just a story it's not somebody wrote it it's real it's true and peter was telling we are witnesses for that we have seen jesus we have seen the miracles he performed we have seen him after he was risen from the dead we sat with him we ate with him that's all he was writing in verse 40 41 saying that god raised him our jesus is not the one who is dead and gone our jesus is the one who is alive today yeah. he is alive jesus is alive Jesus is alive I like that And he says in verse 42 He said he commanded us to preach unto the people about this gospel this good news We as Christians friends have a privilege and honor of representing the king of kings and the lord of lords to the nations of the world and telling people there's no other way the only way is Jesus Christ of Nazareth and verse 44 says as he was preaching the spirit of the lord came upon them the holy spirit fell first time in the history the holy spirit came on the gentiles that's why the leaders in Jerusalem were not happy at all with that but that's god's plan jesus christ is the lord of all god is not a respecter of men God anointed Jesus to do good unto the people and we are witnesses for that if i am standing here and speaking what i am speaking but guys i know who Jesus is yes. i am not talking about what we what i read i'm not talking about what i heard i'm talking about what i have seen what i have experienced yes. friends yes. and as he preached all of them the holy spirit came them they all gave their hearts to the lord But the rest of the story is when God spoke to me it's an era of prayer he also spoke to me very clearly two things 2016 1718 are going to be an amazing years for the kingdom of God gospel is going to be preached so widely it's going to happen that's one of the reasons when my wife was showing me the pictures she said maybe I will share about the reason Love and care is two things reaching the unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ and making disciples to preach the gospel that's why we we planted over 6000 churches i mean that's why we are raising up people to preach the gospel everywhere and we did lot of crusades that's been my life i was speaking to 1.5 million people one time sitting in front of me 
you know that's my life we preached to like did lot of crusades then the lord helped us to plant churches in the middle so this year in november when god spoke to me it's an year of prayer then i realized that the gospel has to be preached that's why in 10 weeks 10 weeks 4 4 10 weeks i did actually 9 9 crusades each crusade three days in nine different places a daytime talking to the uh, leaders encouraging the leaders because when i heard that my wife was showing me the watch the time <laughs> so <laughs> so when we when god spoke to me two things clearly number one the gospel is going to be preached powerfully in these three years but there will be persecution also and what made me to think that is from chapter 12 acts chapter 12 when all these things were happening verse one says king herod stretched his hands against the church and it says he killed james verse two and verse three says he was he wanted to kill peter also but verse 5 says the church therefore prayed for the peter who was in the prison when the church prayed verse 6 says god sent an angel the angel came and went to the prison cell where peter was put into prison and the bible tells us that the light came into the prison so verse 7 i will read you and behold an angel of the lord came upon him and a light shone in the prison and he smote peter on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly and his chains fell off and the doors were open i want you to remind you prayer is not just asking god the things we need praise not just fellowship prayer is planning when you pray the chains fall down the angels come down the gates opens the prison cells and peter was delivered from the prison cell but the amazing thing was the king was not happy because he wanted to please jewish people he was not happy at all he was looking for peter to find him and to kill him and i will read you verse 23 and immediately when the angel then an angel of the lord smote him because he gave not god the glory and he was eaten of worms and died the lord spoke to me there will be a, a state promoted persecution against the church the heads of the governments may come against the church like king herod i read last week many of you may know you know russia president putin signed the law they decided that there will be no gospel preaching in the country of russia it used to be in 1929 like that so they went back to 1929 he signed the law that no gospel should be preached in russia anymore Chinese government is coming against the churches they started destroying the churches Indian government 
is making all laws that occurred to stop the spreading of the Christianity in in India. So that what Lord Lord spoke to me, persecution will come. God may may enemy may, may use the heads of the nations to come against the Christian church. But God is well able to remove them. Any every hindrance will be removed. I will close with this. Verse 24 says, "But the word of God grew and multiplied." I thought to myself, "What in the world can stop spreading of the gospel? What power can stand against the resurrected power of our Christ? Which governments can stop it? What politicians can stop?" I mean, this is about the King of Kings. God put the kings, the presidents, and the prime ministers in their places. God can remove them also. That Jesus, we believe, is victorious and who is alive. And God bless you guys.